This is the Elite Development Podcast, a show with the aim of helping athletes evolve in every element of their careers through real-world advice and experience. I'm your host, Kenny Dussault. I'm a strength and conditioning coach in Calgary, Alberta, with a singular focus on building better athletes. And now, let's get to the episode. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. Today, I have Daniel Donahue with me. Dan is a strength coach with the Cincinnati Reds organization. He's a former University of Tampa Bay baseball player. He spent two years interning with the strength and conditioning program there after graduating. He has a master's degree from Concordia University of Chicago in applied exercise science. After spending time as the assistant strength and conditioning coach with Embry-Riddle Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, Dan was hired into professional baseball with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Since then, he has held a position with the strength and conditioning for the San Diego Padres DR Academy and is now in his second season with the Cincinnati Reds organization. Dan, thanks for coming on the show. Thrilled to have you here. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, Thanks for having me on. Look forward to this. Absolutely. So where I always like to start here, can you tell me a little bit about yourself growing up? You know, what was it that led you to the strength and conditioning industry? Um, And then I noticed as well, you've got a really extensive list of credentials and qualifications, you know, so not only just what led you to the industry, but what led you to dig so deep and make sure that, you know, you were learning as much as you have so far in your career. Yeah. So uh, the first part of that was, I mean, when I was young, I started off playing baseball. I think you know, that's kind of, I played all those sports, but baseball was kind of my calling. Um, wasn't too good at anything else. <laughs> so uh, I just kind of grew up playing it, loved it. Um, I'm originally from New York. So, you know, growing up, I wanted to be Derek Jeter. That was it. So as I got older, just fell more in love with the game and wanted that dream to come true of, you know, playing pro ball. So kind of took it, ran with it, did everything I could, played all through high school, went to college. And then when I got into college, is kind of when I started getting into realizing that the strength conditioning field is more or less where I want to go and realizing the baseball wasn't going to be a path in the future for me. And I really liked the training, the outside, um, outside the field work, um, just really being in control of your own destiny in that regard. So it was, it was about sophomore year in college where, you know, I started taking courses in, exercise science, talking to our strength coach, getting my feet wet and, and realizing, you know, this is the path that I want to go and that I, I fit in. So it was kind of that love for training, the love for the sport, and then just, you know, being pushed into it throughout college. Um, and then in regard to the qualifications, I mean, I think it kind of just came along with the path. Um, you know, I did my undergrad, got my feet wet. It was good. And it's just, you need to learn more constantly. Like you think, you know, and then you get into it and you don't know. So got the masters, um, learned even more through that. That allowed me to sit for the, the NASM performance enhancement specialist cert. And after I took that cert, it was like, okay, now my, what I thought I knew just grew 10 times. And then, you know, I got the assistant position in that collegiate setting and then realizing there's even more that I need to know, um, you know, allow me to dive into the further certifications and then yeah. fast and then fast forward in the D backs. When I got into pro ball, that was eye opening. That was like, I, I need, I need to know a lot more really, you know, get a grip on what's going on here because I felt very out of my element, even though that is my element, that first 
experience was was eye-opening and it was great man yeah i mean i think that was one of the biggest eye-openers for me and you know just in the time that i've been in the field as well like i'm always curious hearing you know what got other people into it because you know myself i was a bit of a weird kid like i knew right from sort of 11 or 12 years old that i wanted to spend my life in the gym working with athletes and like you know that's not really a common way to get into this field a lot of the time it is people like yourself you know playing sports throughout and then hitting that point where they realize maybe the path to being a professional athlete isn't going to happen but this is you know a way to stay involved in the field but uh, I think that was one of the biggest eye-openers for me coming out of university was it's great to understand the anatomy it's great to understand you know how the body works but if you're actually going to spend your life coaching people there is so much more to know than just what you're going to learn sitting in school too. So it's cool hearing that you kind of had a similar experience in that way. Yeah. Yeah. The textbooks, uh, I mean, granted you do learn a lot, but like you just said, the textbooks really only take you so far. There's a whole nother sector that goes into it. But I think another thing that led me to it um, was also when I was playing for my own personal playing career, I've had a ton of injuries, you know, and I was looking back now, I thought I was doing a, good job training. And I, I think I put myself in a worse situation than what I thought I was doing. So it's like, you know, I want to give back and help everyone else and be like, Hey, do not make these mistakes because you don't want to end up in a situation where you think you're helping yourself and you're really not giving yourself the best advantage moving forward. So. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a huge one, especially like, it's amazing how you can look back at, you know, yourself, whether it's a year before, two years before, five years before, and kind of realize that, you know, what you thought was so good at the time, you're looking back with, you know, everything, you know, now and sort of going, oh, my God, like, what was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think, again, that's just a huge testament to, you know, yourself as a person being able to look back and actually reflect on that and realize the mistakes you were making or the things you weren't doing that now, you know, you should have been doing and to actually grow and learn from your experiences. Right. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you have to, you have to be able to evaluate yourself and be humble enough to realize when you make a mistake or if you don't know or whatever it may be, just be open-minded about everything. And like I said, you know, looking back, like even in my previous experiences, when I thought I knew a lot and it's like, wow, I could have done this different with this athlete or this different with this team. And it's just, you know, it's part of the learning curve. It's part of the process. And, you know, you have to be open in order to make those adjustments and move forward. Yeah, absolutely. And so coming back to your experiences as a player, so you said, you know, pro ball was kind of the direction you wanted to go with it, which obviously is the same as a lot of young kids out there that are playing any sport. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, what the experience was like moving from level to level in baseball? So, you know, whether it was the little league to high school, high school to university, you know, what were sort of the big changes you noticed going from those different levels? Um, we can start, we'll start with high school. Cause little yeah. league and all that, I don't really remember. Um, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but high school was, I, I think it was probably the age gap. You know, when you go into high school, you're thinking what 14 years old or so freshman. Right. And then you're playing with 18 year olds. That's, that's a huge, there's a lot of adaptation and growth that happens from 14 to 18. So, um, just the speed of the game, um, the technical side of the game, um, the playing load of the game, you know, now you have practice every day. Now things become more serious. Um, you know, I always, I always stress the point of that. It's a game, you know, have fun. 
that's the main thing. Obviously you need to do well, but you know, you have to have fun. You need to be relaxed. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, then why are you doing it? So, but um, you know, it does get serious. So it's getting serious at that level. I would say so, you know, guys that kind of played for fun, they kind of get weeded out and, you know, as you move forward and then you get into college ball, it's, it's the same factors. Cause now you go into college at 18, 19 and you're playing with 21 year olds. Once again, there's, we're 22 year olds. There's a big, there's a big gap um, of how guys and athletes grow within that time for your uh, time period. And also I would say just the, the spectrum of players. So like in high school, you play your conference or division, whatever they call it um, from where, wherever you're from. Yeah. But you know, as soon as you get into college, it's like that, that population grows, you know, now it's okay in the Northeast or so or the Southeast or wherever it may be. And then you start thinking, okay, well, there's players from this country, you know, like the United States. And then you start thinking outside the box. Cause I played at University of Tampa. We had guys come in from, I think it was Puerto Rico baseball Academy or something like that, you know? So now you got guys, you're competing with guys from Puerto Rico mm-hmm. or other countries and, you know, exchange students or international students. Like it's just, it, the spectrum really grows and it's eye opening as, you know, you thought you were good in high school. You were the best on your team and the best in the conference. And then now you go to college and it's like, you're the small fish in the big pond. And you know, that that's a big factor for some guys to swallow um, with moving up in levels. And I think you need to handle that appropriately if you want to keep on playing, you know, cause it's stressful and it's, it's tough, but you know, that's part of competition. You're playing a, you're playing a sport that, you know, it's world renowned regarding baseball, you know, people want to be the best. You have to adapt to that, realizing, and, you know, put yourself in the best position to move forward. And so for any kid who's maybe moving into the high school level where like the game's starting to get a little more serious and they want to set themselves up to, you know, be able to move through high school and continue on to play in college, what would your best advice be to them to make sure that, you know, stepping into that first tryout, the first camp, they're actually ready to step into that level. What should they be working on now? Maybe if it's that year before when they're about to step in there. Um, the biggest thing, or is multiple factors, but one of the biggest thing is um, having that regiment and making sure that you want to do this. You know, you have to have the mentality of you want to do this. You want to be the best. Once you got that mentality, then you're good. You know, then the work will follow. Right. So now, now you have that mentality. You want to move forward. This is what you want to pursue. Now you come up with a plan of action, come up with, okay, I'm going to practice X amount of times a week. This is what my practice is going to look like. This is my plan that I'm going to stick to moving forward. Cause you're going to have that trade-off between being 14 and an 18 year old, you know, that, that trade-off is going to, it's going to be there. Of course. And you need to, you need to understand that, be accepting of it and know that eventually you're going to keep working your way to get to that point. But I, I'd say, you know, having the mentality of that, you want to do this, you're committed, you have the buy-in and then you have a plan of action moving forward and you stick to it. Um, and I would say the game, the game's going to be fast. As soon as you jump levels, there's going to be a lot of different things, but the more practice you can get, the more open-minded you can be about, Hey, you know, things may not work out so great in the beginning, but you'll get there. You know, that's the whole point of it. Yeah. You know, you need to adapt. So that would probably be the biggest piece of advice. And then you can dive even deeper down that rabbit hole of what exactly you're doing training, you know, for your practice, um, into that regard. 
Well, man, I love that because I think, and actually that brings me to my next question quite nicely. One thing that, you know, I mentioned before we started the recording, one of the big reasons I want to start this show, and I've been thrilled with the feedback I've been getting on this show, is that there are so many athletes out there that, you know, the the talk maybe doesn't match the action. Like they come in and they say, you know, I want to be the best in the world. I want to make $10 million a year playing in front of, you know, international audiences in whatever sport it is. But then the actual actions leading up to that have no reflection of the goals that they've set for themselves. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, it's one thing for a kid to say, yeah, I want this. It's a whole other thing to actually back up the fact that you want this. Can you talk about what they should kind of look for? You know, if you really do want it, what kind of actions need to back that up as a kid instead of just sort of being able to say the words? Yeah. So jump right on that. It's less, less talk, more doing the walking, you know, yeah. Walk the walk rather than talk the talk. Um, the actions is showing that you want it, you know, words don't mean anything. You know, I have guys at all different levels that have my experience, you know, that, yeah, I want this. I want that. But it's like, hey, you're late to lifts. Like, hey, you didn't show up. You know, hey, what'd you do last? Oh, you know, I barely got sleep. I was up playing video games or something like that. You know? Yeah. You need to walk the walk. So um, guys that and the younger kids that are wanting to get to that level and progress, once again, get back on that regiment set yourself that goal. Like, okay, I have school. I'm going to go to practice. After practice, I'm going to do my homework. And then after that, like I'm going to do my training, make sure I'm in bed by 10 and get my rest so I can recover and be ready for the next day. I mean, I understand they're kids and they're going to, you know, be kids and everyone's going to be human. I get that. But you also, obviously, but you also need to, you know, you need to walk the walk. You need to have that set structure and hit the goals that you set yourself every week. You know, you yeah. can't take that. You can't take that. Oh, you know, I have a lift today and I don't, and I'm not really feeling like lifting. So I'm not going to lift, you know, if it's, if it's because you're sore this or that, like, okay, that makes sense. But if it's just cause you don't want to, you know, that one day where you don't do it, there's someone out there that is doing it that wants to beat you. Well, so, and I think too, with that, you know, even if you're sore, there's, it's easy to kind of go, Oh, I'm kind of sore today. I'm not going to go in. It's a whole other thing to, go in anyway and then talk to your coach and say, Hey, look, coach, like I'm really, I'm really beat up today. Like, you know, no matter what the reason is, if it was that you got a bad sleep the night before, hopefully it wasn't because you were up all night playing video games, but if it was because you got a bad sleep the night before, you know, it was a tough practice that you just came from, whatever it might be. If a kid comes in and tells me, Hey coach, I'm really, you know, I'm really sore today. I'm really beat up today, man. I'll change the plan a little bit. We can still get some work in. We can still progress today. It's just going to look a little different than if you came in feeling fresh. Yeah, a hundred percent. And that's, you know, and that kind of goes down the rabbit hole of the resources that they have and the position that they put themselves in, in order to, you know, continually grow in their sport and be the best that they can be. Um, But like you said, you know, if, if for the example of, they have soreness and they come into training and like they have a coach or they can have a mentor that says, okay, you know, we're not going to wipe the slate clean. We're going to give you X, Y, and Z this way today. You're still getting work in to accomplish that overall goal. We're not just putting it on the back burner. You know, we're being smart about it. We're taking the right steps, but we're still going to work towards that goal. Yeah. 
And I think that's a tough part because unfortunately, a lot of the time, I, you know, I know I see it in our industry quite often, and I'm sure you've run into it as well, where coaches don't really have that ability to adapt. You know, it's, this is the workout today and that's that. So, you know, even if you come in feeling beat up, there's almost that attitude of, okay, well, we're going to make you mentally tough by beating you up more. And like, it just, it blows me away sometimes listening to coaches talk about that stuff and not understanding that if an athlete's already sore and beat up, beating them up more doesn't show that you're tough. It just ruins the progress you could have made that day with that athlete. <laughs> yeah. And that, that goes back to, I've had my fair share of experience of doing that. I've done it to myself because I was, wasn't educated or understood of course. actually how much more damage I was doing. But, you know, that kind of goes to my point of, I think as an industry, we need to really start, and I think we have, um, need to really start stressing the importance of recovery, rest, sleep. Like, yeah, it sounds funny, but it's, it is a main component of everything. I think we got down the, hey, you need to work hard. Hey, you need to get after it. Hey, you need to be on a regiment. And that's great. But then now we're missing the whole other side of the spectrum. And I think it happens a lot in the younger population. Just, and you know, it's no one's at fault. It's just, you know, they haven't had the experience. They don't have the education and they're, you know, that's the, that's why we're in this field. That's why I'm here. Like, that's why I understand it now. But back then I didn't understand it. You know, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm tired. I'm this, I'm that, but I'm going to keep working harder because, you know, that's going to make me better. I'm going to be strong. I'll be tougher that way. Yeah, of course. And I mean, to be fair, like it's, it, it is easy to kind of forget, you know, even for myself now that, yeah, I might understand that now, but even coaching, there was definitely times where I've pushed harder, pushed a kid harder and then realized after, Hey, that probably wasn't the right way to go. So, you know, it's an ever growing thing. Absolutely. But, you know, hopefully we can keep making, making those changes in our industry. Yeah. Yeah. hundred um, percent. And one of the things that I really liked that you said while we were talking there too, was, you know, that kids are obviously going to be kids, you know, they're not going to be perfect in bed by 10 every day up at six every day, getting in, you know, perfect training every week. And because I think that's something that I know it's a discussion that I've had quite often with parents of kids who do come in and say that they want to, you know, play at the top level and they want to be the best. And the parents kind of come in and say, yeah, but they still need time to be a kid. And you know, on the surface, I get that. But at the same time, you know, I feel like there's a point where if you have a goal of being in the top 1% in the world in your sport, well, maybe your 14, 15, 16 year old life shouldn't look exactly like your friends who have no, you know, ambition to play further in their sports. And, you know, can you talk a little bit about, you know, how to, how kids can maybe look at finding that balance of just being a kid and, working towards that future in sport? Yeah. So, and it requires a lot, depending on the age, but it requires a lot. I think it comes down to like time management. So back to what you just said, like the, um, the wait that 1% of kids that really want to make that top tier level and have that ambition and goal, you know, that same 1% and that same person or athlete will have the time management and mindset that, Hey, I do want to be in bed at 10 every day. I do want to wake up at six. Like I want this, you know, you're not gonna, you know, some other kids, they may be on the cup, the cusp of it and they want it, but they're not sure. And it takes a little bit more time for them to do that, which is fine. But you know, it, it really feeds off of them even at that age. Um, but in terms of balancing, you know, you guess you can say work life balance, you know, cause eventually it does become kind of a job. Um, yeah and taking up time in your schedule and everything. Um, I think 
it's kind of hard for me to talk about because I was like that 1%. I was all about getting after it. So, I mean, but you start, you just have to figure out what's going to, I think the biggest question when I was doing it, what's going to help me get to my goal and where I want to be. Not right, not this week, not next week, but where do I want to be when I'm 21? You know, do I want to get drafted before college, after college? You know, do I want to go play college ball at a high level? Um, do I just want to be the starter in any college program? You know, what, what is going to make me or help me get to that point the fastest or the most appropriate? So is it like, hey, all my friends are going to go hang out this weekend. So it's like, hey, do I go hang out or do I uh, have practice this weekend? Like, do I just, you know, do my, my workout and go to practice? You have to weigh those options. But I think it is important, obviously, for them to have, you know, the, the I guess, kids side of life. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, hanging out, doing this, doing that. But it's also, you know, ask yourself the question of, is this going to help me moving forward? Most of the time, the answer is no. <laughs> so, so sometimes you're going to say yes when it's no, but that's fine. But as long as you're saying, you know, I'm not going to do this because it's not going to help me. I'm going to stick to my regiment more often than not. Then I think you're in a good spot. Well, and I think a lot of that too comes down to, you know, self-awareness and honesty. Cause I know that there are some kids, like, I remember it was really eye-opening when I saw, I was watching the last dance documentary when it came out, like the, uh, the story of Michael Jordan with the bulls and mm -hmm. they were talking about Dennis Rodman. And, uh, you know, there was one point where Rodman was looking to go off to Vegas for the weekend. And Michael Jordan was saying, you know, like, we can't let him go. Like if he goes, he's not coming back. You know, like we're not going to be, we're not going to have him back by the end of the weekend. And I remember the discussion basically being like, you know, a guy like this, you need to let him go a little bit wild. But when it comes to playing and practicing, he's always there and he's always ready to go. And it made me sort of think, you know, not every kid can be handled in that same regimented way. Like there are some kids that do need to let loose a little bit every so often. But as long as you keep the priorities of in your head of, yeah, I'm going to go off and have fun, but... I'm not going to do anything that's going to jeopardize the fact that I have practice, you know, Sunday at noon and I have a game, you know, at this time next week. So to be able to kind of find the balance for yourself, that's going to work between being able to let loose, but also making sure that you are 100% ready to go every time it matters. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. I mean, there's, you know, everyone's different. And going back to the beginning of the show, when I said, you know, the textbooks can only teach you so much and then the rest you learn during your experience, like being in pro ball, you know, you, that experience of learning players and learning your guys, it, it takes a while and it takes time to be with them to understand, like, like you just said, there's some, you know, I've worked with some guys that, you know, it's not the most ideal of getting your eight, nine, 10 hours of sleep. And, in being on that regiment, but they show up to practice every day. They show up to lifts. They play hard. They're doing well. It's like, how, how do you, you know, like back to your point, you can't really explain and say like, Hey, you can't do this. It's not going to work. It's like, yeah, but it works for him. You know? So yeah. you have to have that, that feel of what works for that athlete or that player and what they can and can't do and what you kind of, where you need to put the bumpers up. I call it the bumpers, but where you need to like kind of guide them. You know, if a guy's more in a regiment, so for example, myself, I'm, I'm very, I need a reg, I need schedule, I need times. I, that's how I work. Yeah. You know, if I don't have that and I'm, I'm kind of lost. Right. So for a guy like me, 
you know, if I'm working with myself and I'm a strength coach, it's like, Hey, you know, I need you here at this time, you know, give them, give them the exact time, expect that. But a guy who doesn't need that, it's like, Hey, you know what? You need to come in and get your work done before this time. Give them that cushion, if that makes sense. So it's just adapting yeah. to the personalities and there are a ton of different personalities. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I like that just, you know, the finding the difference of kind of giving the cushion of, you know, I need you here before this time to get the work in. Because, hmm. you know, I do think there is something to be said of like, if you have a Dennis Rodman type, for example, if you try to keep them on that direct schedule of everything is exactly at this hour and has to be done exactly this way, you're probably going to hurt more than you're going to help. Like there, you know, guys like that won't respond to that. And if anything, you're not going to help them by trying to push them harder in that direction. You're probably going to piss them off, make them unhappy and make them not want to be there anymore. Yeah. You get that resentment. And then all of a sudden everything goes out the window. I think, you know, in our field, we talk a lot about buy-in having, you know, guys trust you, and that's part of it. Part of it is working with their personality, but also working with it to get what they need and what you want them yeah. to accomplish. So it's, it's tough. And like I said, it comes with experience. You know, I, I think I do a great job at it, but there's times where I've messed up <laughs> and it takes, it takes once again, being open and honest about like, you know, there's a couple examples where I've really, you know, I push too much and it's like, now the guy doesn't listen to me. It's like, Oh, you know, now I got to start yeah. all over again. But having that guy, or I say guy, the athlete, you know, buy in and trust you and be willing to work with you makes it a lot easier to get certain things across um, in terms of training, what you're trying to accomplish and trying to make them do. Like if a guy hates conditioning and you're trying to get him to do some extra conditioning because he needs it, you know, now you have a little more pull with if it's like you have that relationship, you got that trust, you've got that good working chemistry. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, the big thing, like, you know, we're talking about handling people in different ways and all of that. I think the big thing, especially when it comes to, you know, our field in the strength and conditioning side is you can kind of let that go unless it's actually affecting their performance, especially when you get into those pro levels like yourself, you know, if a guy doesn't respond well to that regimented system, but then you start to notice that he's not playing well on game day, he's not practicing well, like that's when you've got to say, you know what, like you don't respond well to this tough shit. If you want to stay on the team now, you need it. <laughs> yeah. And that's where the multifaceted approach comes in where, you know, you're at your affiliate and you got your manager, you're hitting coach, pitching coach, bench coach. Like you have a lot of other authority alongside of you working with you for the same goal for that athlete. So, you yeah. know, I've had, I've had experience where I had to sit down in the office with the manager, the coach, um, front office, even some higher ups with one p player in particular. And it was just in, you know, to hit the reset button. Like, Hey, this is, this is what was leading up. This is what happened. This is where we need you to be. Here's the plan of action moving forward and have an open, honest dialogue. Yeah. You know, we sat and it was, it took a while, but at the end of it, everything was out on the table, everything was solved. And we had a plan of action to move forward with it. And that's where communication and using your resources comes in handy. And, you know, in that particular instance, it, it all worked out. Granted, it took everything leading up to it to happen. But, you know, we got to that point. It was all out there, fixed it, moved forward. And, you know, the season went on very smoothly from there. So, yeah, no absolutely. And I mean, I think, too, like, 
you know, it's one of those things like we always tell players that, you know, you're not going to be perfect. You're going to mess things up sometimes, but you got to be able to shake it off and move forward. It's the same thing on the coaching side, right? Like we, we can't expect ourselves to be perfect either, whether it's, you know, in the gym or even the sport coaches, but as long as we're able to have that same ability to, you know, make a mistake, learn from it, put everything out in the open, not hide anything. Then again, you're just going to build that relationship with the players even better. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a quick little story. I was at spring yeah. training and I, I miscounted, we were doing a conditioning test and I miscounted the reps. And uh, so I made the the player, he had to run like an extra one and it was a very tough conditioning. And we sat down as a staff and we went over it and I was, and they're like, you're wrong. Like you, you messed up. And I was like, no, did I? And then went over and I was like, yeah, I messed up bad. I went, I found the guy. Mind you, I don't know him. I'm new to the Like I, I had no idea who he was. I went up to him and I apologized. And I said, look, I was very wrong. Sorry for making you run extra. <laughs> you know, we all know like this is what your score was because we timed it throughout the test and you know, just owned up to it. And, you know, ever since then, I've had a great working relationship with him. And I've, I've never known him before that. So my first encounter with him was, you know, saying he was wrong. I was right. Meanwhile, he was right. And, and, and messing up his testing score and just being like, hey, look, I messed up. Sorry, man. You know we'll fix it, this and that, and we move forward. So, yeah, man. Out. And I mean, I think that's like, you know, it's always a tough thing to do, but it hits so much better, especially he's probably leaving that, that first interaction going, you know, I was right. He was wrong because he knew he was. And then to have mm-hmm. you be able to come forward and admit that you were wrong, I think is just going to build the buy-in and build the trust with that player that much more, even if that first interaction may not have been so, may not have been so nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it, it worked out. It was just yeah. once again, own, owning up to it. Man. I mean, you're not above anyone. You're not special. You're not, you know, you're just another tool to help these guys get where they need to be. Same yeah. way the field coaches are their tool for skills and everything. Like you're giving them as much as you can using what you know, to help them in this sector of their career so they can move forward to accomplish what they want. I love that. And so can you talk to me a little bit about your role within the Reds organization right now? Like what, uh, I know you're with one of the affiliate teams, if I remember correctly, what level are you working with right now? And what does your sort of day-to-day look like? So it's a little skewed right now, just due to COVID. Um, So when I got with, yeah, yeah. I really threw a monkey (laughs) wrench in a lot of things for everyone, but uh (laughs) So I was with uh, the Dayton, I was going to be with the Dayton Dragons at low A affiliate. Um, so basically we got our, our temporary roster list and we got sent home from spring training in middle of March, early middle of March. From then it was keeping in contact with guys, making sure everyone's, you know, safe, feeling healthy, this and that, um, and providing programming for them and always changing the program because we had no idea what was going on. You know, just if we were coming back or not, it was, it, yeah, it was a lot of switching around. Oh, but yeah. Just constantly staying in contact with guys, giving them program, giving them tools to stay up to date with what potentially may be coming. So we don't know, we didn't know if it was going to last a week or two or whatever. It was like, oh, hey, get back out here. You know, we're going to do another two weeks and we're going to play our season, you know? So staying on top of them. Um, throughout the duration of the season. And then once that time frame passed and it got canceled officially, then rolling right into the off season um, mode. And that goes deeper down the rabbit hole of how we were going to train, what we're going to accomplish, you know? And then within that was 
you know, what do guys have available to them? You know, oh, my gym shut down, but all I have is a couple weights in my garage and you have to get super creative. And it was, it was very challenging, but without COVID, my role is, you know, you go to your affiliate and you're with your team for the um, entire duration of the season. You travel with them on the road at home and you're, you know, running all their lifting, conditioning, you're working with your athletic trainers, your coaches, and working out as one cohesive unit to keep these guys progressing, keep them healthy so they're on the field playing, obviously, because if they're not playing, then that ruins everything. Um, <laughs> but, you know, keeping them healthy on the field, making them perform well and trying to enhance that performance. And then, and then once offseason comes, you know, staying in contact with them and, you know, getting ready for the next season. Yeah, absolutely. And so one thing, you know, like I said, like I've said already, the real reason I want to start this show is this is trying to figure out what it is that allows athletes to succeed in professional sport compared to those who maybe fall off before. And because, you know, as we talked about, there are a lot of kids out there that think they're going to pick up a baseball bat and just start hammering home runs until they sign million dollar contracts in the pros. Same thing, you know, in Canada, we see a lot with hockey kids pick up a hockey stick and think they're going to be Connor McDavid just because they play a lot of hockey. Now, when you're working with these guys, I'm assuming that the a level is where there is not really where a lot of them are hoping to end up. Like they were probably hoping to be going higher up to start their careers do you deal with a lot of guys who come in maybe a little bit disgruntled with the position they've been put in and how do you work through that situation with them to, you know, help them progress and help them start moving up the ranks? Yeah. So you get a little mix of that. Um, at my level, I think you get a bigger mix of that at the triple a level where you have guys, you know, who have been in the league or been in minor leagues for a while. And then, you know, say they get to, go to the bigs and then it gets sent down. Like, you know, that's, that's tough. That's a tough break. At my level, um, I get a, maybe a couple guys that will maybe get sent down, but most of it is really, they're kind of on their way up, but you do deal with the personality of guys who think, you know, um, and I can't speak specifically for, you know, this season or this experience, but you'll, you know, sometimes those guys have the mindset of they are supposed to be double A and maybe they're upset that they're, they're at low A or high A. Um, so you have to deal with that. And a lot of it, the way I go about it personally, no matter if it's they're upset or they're happy is look, none of that matters. What matters is that you're here, right? And your job is to play well. And my job is to help you stay on the field, stay healthy and continually make you get better or help you get better or give you the tools that you need. So, you know, don't complain you know, don't be all upset that you're here or that you think, you know, you shouldn't be here this long or it's a long season, this and that, like you're here, you're playing, you know, just put everything else aside. And I just keep it even keel this way. It's not catering to one group or the other. Um, granted within that you deal with the personalities, but it's, it, it all comes down to the baseline. If that's, that's great. You have what you want to do and that's your mindset, but let's try to switch that mindset to, you're here, you know, kick ass here and then everything will follow in suit, right? You can't be upset and then not play well. And then that's snowballs to a bigger thing. Or you, you know, be so excited that you're here and get so hyped up and all of a sudden you start playing not as good as you want to. Yeah. You know, 
keep it even keel and just do your job, have fun. Like I said, that's the one big thing for me. I know it's a lot easier said than done because I'm not planning on have that stress. But, you know, have fun. It's a game. It's a game. Yeah. Go out there. Enjoy what you do. Grant, there's going to be some tough games, but there's going to be some great games. It's going to be a long season. We all know that. But keep it even keel. Do your job. Come in. Have fun. Get after it. And it'll work itself out. It'll, it, it always will. Yeah. And, I mean, I think, like, that's a great way to look at it just because, you know, again – I know I can think of countless different examples of kids that I've worked with that, you know, they didn't make the team they wanted to make out of tryouts and they're coming in and right away it's, well, yeah, I just, I didn't make it because the coach doesn't like me or I didn't make it because, well, Oh, I should have had a spot over this guy. Like, I don't know how they picked this guy over me and like, Oh, I was so much better than that guy. And like, I always try to just stop them and go, Hey, look, like you can, you can come up with as many as excuses as you want to. You can come up with as many reasons as you want to. But the truth is, if you were good enough to be on that team, you would be. Yeah. Like, I can't, I can't think of a coach possibly saying, hey, this player is going to help my team win, but I'm going to take that guy instead. You know, right. like if you're here, there's a reason you're here. And the, the way you make the most of it is if you're in double A instead of triple A, if you're in A instead of double A, whatever it is, if you kick ass and you are the best player you can possibly be, that coach is going to be watching. That coach that cut you is going to be watching and they're going to be going, oh, crap, like I really got that one wrong. And then when you when tryouts come around the next year, you think they're not going to be looking again at you. But if yeah. you spend your time – you know, whining and complaining that you're not at the level you felt like you should be at. Well, that coach is going to look and go, well, I sure got sure glad I don't have that on my team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into that. And I would say from my own personal playing experience and kind of seeing it now being on the outside of playing and your eyes open up and you see how everything works. And I think the biggest thing I kind of came up with, and I don't know if anyone's ever said this, but you know, there's three people, that you run into as you're playing. There's always going to be the guy who's better than you. You know, there's always going to be someone better than you. And that's, it's a big world out there. It's, you know, sports are huge. There's always going to be someone better than you. There's always going to be someone the same as you. There's always going to be someone who's worse than you. Right. And one thing, you know, I would like if I was working with younger guys, or even if I work with my guys, if I get the opportunity to say this, I will, but for younger guys, cause this could have helped me a lot was which one do I worry about? You know, do I worry about the guy who's better, the guy that's the same, or the guy behind me that's going to try to come up and beat me? You know, where am I, where am I looking? Who am I worrying about? And people give different answers, but the, I think personally the correct answer is yourself. And yeah, not in a selfish way, but you have your skill set. You can control what you can control, your work ethic, how hard you practice, how intent you are, how much you're focused. Are you taking the right steps, right? And everyone has a ceiling. Everyone does. It's the truth. You know, and like I said, you're always going to have the guy who's better than you, but then you're always going to have the guy behind you. But as long as you're striving for your ceiling, you, you can't you can't be ups, that upset with the results because you never want to look back and say, well, maybe if I did this or if I did that or if this was different. You don't want if you don't want any of that. You just want to get that all out. Do what you can do. Reach your ceiling. And if your ceiling is enough to get to the next level, then it is. And that's great. Like for a pers personal example. I was in school. We had a new shortstop, new infielder come in. Kid was flat out better than me. Did I work hard? Did I do this? I think I did. Not that a kid didn't work hard. He worked hard, but 
you know, I, I busted my butt, but it's also like, he was flat out better than me. And sometimes that ha- it, it happens, you know, and you got to tip your hat to it. Sometimes it happens, but I can look back and say, well, you know, if I tried harder, if I've stayed extra and took extra reps, I, I don't look back and say that, you know, I gave him my all, I reached my ceiling and, and that's, that's what it, that's what it is. So that's, that. uh, yeah, that's, that. the, that's for the younger guys out there, I think. And even maybe the older guys, you know, cause you get caught up in looking at your competition worrying about so much that you can't control you're wasting yeah. energy you're wasting time you're wasting thoughts don't worry yeah. about that no i love that i mean i think again it comes to that mm-hmm. self-awareness that i mentioned earlier that it's like you know it's easy to kind of look at yourself and go yeah you know i want to play pro and yeah i'm doing all this stuff to help me get there but just really look in the mirror and ask yourself, like, are you really giving it everything you've got? Because even if you're, you know, whatever level you're at right now, you might be the best kid on your team, the best kid in your region, whatever it is, you know, like you said, it's a big world out there. There's going to be a level where all of a sudden they've got kids from, you know, other cities that are coming in and competing against you. They've got kids from other countries that are coming in and competing against you. And right now, wherever you're at, are you doing, what it takes to beat those guys, not just what it takes to be the best where you're at right now, because you are going to hit that point where you're the small fish in the big pond instead of the big, big fish in the small pond. Yeah. Yeah. I think that leads to my other point of, of um, what's it called? Knowing your, like your strengths and your weaknesses. Yeah. And everyone talks about, you know, you make your strengths stronger, your weakness, your strengths. What happens at the elite level and with these big league guys and guys who are on their way to the big leagues and really doing well in minor league ball their strengths are, they are the best at it. Yeah. They are the best at it. Their weaknesses, they make their strengths, but they also play into what they are good at. So if, you know, baseball is about five tool players and say a guy's, for example, good at hitting and base running. He is the best, one of the best at hitting and base running. He doesn't make mistakes. And I think for younger guys, the sooner they realize that, and it's not limiting yourself, don't limit yourself at all ever you know because things change as you grow and adapt and a, a lot of things can happen from example the time you're a freshman in high school to a senior in college that's a huge gap right yeah but know your strengths know your weaknesses and excel exceptionally in that strength in that one even if it's one tool if it's one thing say you're a good runner be the best runner that there is you know and you say you need work on your arm you can work on your arm that's that's going to get stronger you know you can always make your weakness more of a strength, but that, that strength that you have needs to be the best. You need to be the best at it. And that's really what separates a lot of guys, in my opinion, from what I've seen. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, it goes into being an athlete and not just being a player. Like if you're a better overall athlete as a kid and you improve all the areas of your game, then you can adapt as far as what any given team needs from you. Like if you are the best athlete on the field, I'm confident that if the team comes to you and says, Hey, we need you to play here. We need you to play there. You're going to be able to like, you might not be the best at it right away if it's not a position you're used to, but you're going to be able to adapt to a new position a lot faster. And as a result, you're going to be able to make it further because that, coach at the next level is looking going oh you know that kid can play six different positions we really need a guy here and here well if we give him a shot then you know we'll be able to mold him into what we need not just sort of one kid who's set in their ways of playing one position 
Yeah, that kind of <laughs> this is this is personal. I cannot stand. Oh, like at literally, like, oh, I only play shortstop. I only play second. like, <laughs> come on, like play everything. Become an athlete, like you just said. Like be versatile because that's only going to help you in the future. Exactly how you just put it. You know why you only pigeonhole yourself to you know talk about doors of opportunity to one or two doors. Say you play the infield and like short and second, that's it. Rather than all of them, like hey, I like to play the infield, but I want to play the outfield. I want to play this. I want to do that. Yeah. And I can do that because I have the tools to do that. You know, now you really open m- more doors for yourself, which you're, there you go. There's your path. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like, and you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, but I think as well, like putting yourself in the positions where you're playing these positions that you're not used to, and you're getting used to, you know, the game all over the field, it puts you in uncomfortable positions, which is where you grow. And that's, you know, like if you're, failing at a certain position but you're trying and you're trying it again and you're trying it again you get used to the fact that hey to succeed you need to make mistakes and you need to learn from them and it gives you that edge too, kind of on the mental side where you can make a mistake and shrug it off because you've spent your whole career putting yourself in those positions instead of you know the first time you ever make a big mistake is at the college level in front of a huge audience and it just breaks you yeah yeah, I've had my fair share of that one too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, a hundred percent on that point. I mean, it's it's the same tying it back into strength and conditioning. You know, it's kind of the principle of strength and conditioning. You know, put your to make adaptations to get where you want to go. You know, you need to have that stressor. You need to have almost that breakdown. Obviously, we're going to talk about tissue right now. Breakdown of tissue to regrow, regenerate, come back stronger. You know, just as a broad overview. So back to what you're saying for, to build that athleticism, you know, if you're playing baseball, football, hockey, you're playing all these sports. Now you're building all these various areas of how you can move where and just do over your athleticism. And then that kind of translates, you know, bring it back to strength and conditioning, you know, the more of a, I guess, a stronger foundation to build off of. You know, you, you know, you don't want to pigeonhole yourself and have a limited foundation. It's all about having a big, strong platform to work off of. And then you can create whatever you want to create as you get older. Yeah. And then as you get older, whatever sport you do decide to focus on or whatever position you do decide to focus on, like you've got that much more of a foundation that you're now bringing into that specialty instead of from day one saying, I'm a shortstop and that's that. It's like, well, now the second something unpredictable happens in a game, you've got no idea what to do. But if you've been playing all these sports and all these positions your whole life, and then at 16, you say, okay, I'm going to concentrate now. This is what I want to pursue. Well, you've got, you know, 12 years of foundation of all these different sports and all these different avenues that are going to help you do that. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You gotta, you have to have doors of opportunity in terms of talking about career longevity or um, pursuit of a career and moving up the levels, but also physically, you know, building that foundation so when you're going from freshman to college those four years are you giving yourself the best opportunity for when you get into college and then same thing when you're in college like are you giving yourself the best opportunity to get signed once you get signed are you giving yourself the best opportunity to move through the levels and it kind of just builds and builds and builds yeah man absolutely and you know one thing that you said uh, just a little bit ago is you know, between focusing on the guy that's ahead of you, the guy that's behind you, or the guy that's the same is focusing on yourself and what you can control. I think that's a 
just a critical element of any, the development of any athlete, because, you know, again, it's so easy now, especially in the world we live in today with social media and all that to always be looking at everyone else around you because everyone else around you is so accessible, especially, you know, looking up at what the pros are doing right now and wanting to be like that and wanting to, you know, kind of jump from wherever you're at now to being that famous player that's playing in front of the world. But um, in, from your own experiences, what would you say is the best way if a kid is maybe put right now into a situation where, you know, they're not happy with the level that they're playing at and they think they should be up higher and they're sort of getting stuck in that loop um, of kind of comparing themselves to the others. What would be your best advice to kind of refocus, reset? And like you said, realize, you know what, it's time to put all that stuff aside. You are where you are. Make the most of the opportunity in front of you. Oh, you just stole the words right there. On the <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say, first, break that loop. If you catch yourself, you're in that loop. And <laughs> if you don't think you're in that loop, you probably are. Um, you know, so let's, let's just be honest about that. You most, most likely are. And if you're not, ask others around you. But once again, be open-minded because you're probably going to get an answer that you may or may not want to hear. But break that loop and then make the best of where you are. You have to excel where you are, right? Nobody higher up I don't want to say doesn't care but oh like you were you were stuck at a d3 school and you wanted to play d1 it's like yeah yeah I really want to yeah but your numbers don't show it your attitude doesn't show it your coach who I called to see how you were doing you're not you're not in that mental capacity to move forward to be the guy on the team to lead or to just be part of the team. You're worried about yourself, you know, because that happens. And it's just, it's, you need to embrace the moment. You really have to. And you need to, you know, I don't want to say a bad word, but you need to kick ass. You have yeah. to, you have yeah. to, because yeah, you don't want to play D3. For example, you won't, you don't want to play D3. You want to play D1. Okay. But if you suck at D3, <laughs> you're not playing D3. Like it's just not <laughs> happening. You know what I'm saying? Like it's tough. Like yeah. I think one of, mm-hmm. like, I think it was Evan Longoria, um, and this was a, a show years ago, years ago now, but you know, he played, I think, I think it was a small D three school. Eventually he made it to the bigs. So don't, don't complain about where you are right now. Just make the best of it. Kick ass. And eventually it will work itself out. Okay. Like you're a freshman. You want to play varsity. Guess what? You know what? Kick ass a freshman, give them a reason to say no. You know, you have way more room to stand on, way more legs to stand on. When it's like, hey, I want this. I think I'm good enough. Because I've had that, uh, that conversation personally with the coach. Said, hey, I think I'm good enough to do this. He goes, oh, okay, yeah, really? Why? And I said, well, this is the reasons why. And you better have those reasons to back it up. And they better be true and not just your opinion. You know, And that comes with seizing the moment, understanding where you are, and making the best of it. Whether you hate it, love it, whatever, kick ass. And give them a reason for that next step that you want to take. Whoever's in charge of that next step or whoever is crucial in that next step that's saying, no, you're not ready yet. Give them a reason to tell you no, you know, and then sometimes yeah. you're going to get that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's just a constructive criticism, you know, and you have to take it that way. You got to be open. Even in, in my field, you know, I've had that happen to me. I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm ready for, you know, full-time strength conditioning job. Okay, why? And I said my reasons, and it was like, well, no, you're not, because of this is why. And it's like, yeah, it was, 
you know, it hurt, but it was like, you know, it, it was brought to my attention that I need to work on these. And guess what? You know, take it, swallow it. Okay. I have to work on this. You work on it and now look where you're at. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I think, and I think that's such an underrated tool in itself is actually just having that conversation. Like if, if you didn't make, you know, if you didn't make the team that you want to make and you're sitting a level below and you're kind of bitter that, you know, you felt like you should have been there. Go talk to that coach, go actually just ask them, say, Hey coach, like I really felt like I was good enough to play on this team. Like, you know, what was it that made you go another way? And, you know, I mean, in my own experience, anytime I have that conversation with a kid, you know, most of the time they don't actually approach the coach and ask them, and like, whether it's because, you know, they're afraid of what they're going to hear or, you know, it just feels better to sit and say, oh, that coach doesn't know what the hell he's talking about. Like, you know, whatever it is, it's like, if you really truly want to be at that next level, what better, what better resource than the guy who cut you from that next level? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have to, you have to have a backbone almost and, but you have to be willing and able to understand maybe something that you don't want to hear. And I think that takes, that takes a lot of guts, especially, you know, at younger ages and stuff, but you need to, you know, take a step back and say, okay, well, this is for the bigger picture. Right. So for example, right now we'll use a freshman or sophomore in high school. Yeah. That's on JV. We'll say JV and wants to go to varsity. And he, he didn't get, he didn't make the cut. He's still playing. So remind, remember that, like you're still playing. So like yeah. you, you didn't get cut completely. Right. Go up to the coach and be like, Hey, what did you see? what is your reasoning as to why this isn't happening? And then, you know, maybe he points something out that, you know, either a, you didn't know or B that you don't agree with, but when you're sitting there, you can say, Hey, look, respectfully, I disagree. And you can have that open dialogue and then you can learn what you can do to get better. But now back to the bigger picture, right? You're don't, you don't want to get pigeonholed and stuck in this whole entire mentality of, Oh, I get moved. And like what you said, kind of digging down that negative, path of this doesn't happen because of this or making excuses basically yeah. you know understand what happened look at the bigger picture okay i'm going to work on this not only to get to the next level that i want to but it's going to help me grow as an athlete in my sport to go to this example go to college and play yeah or you know help me get picked up and play pro so it, it's make the best of the way you are and understand the big picture and be open and honest about everything and be, be humble, be willing to hear something that you don't want to hear. It's tough, but that's really what makes some athletes, you know, kind of great in there and what they do. Cause yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, I was actually just going to say that because, you know, it's easy for us to sort of sit there now and say, well, you know, you got to be open to hearing what you don't want to hear, but you know, like you said, it's happened to you and I know it's happened to me as well that, it is tough to hear those things. Like I know my immediate reaction, the second I hear, you know, that feedback that I don't want to hear my immediate reaction is to come back with all the reasons that they're wrong. And then I've kind of got to stop myself and say, no, no, like if they're saying this, there's a reason, like there's, mm -hmm. there's something that I'm not doing and that's why they're saying these things. And, you know, for any kid who maybe has that same immediate reaction as myself to kind of just come back and tell you, well, you said this, no, you're wrong. Here's why what would your thought be or your advice be to, you know, kind of get out of that and learn to accept those things and learn to sit with those things, even though you want to come back and tell them all the reasons that, you know, you're right and they're wrong. 
Yeah. Then that kind of goes back to, okay, if you have it, like, so this is multi-part thing, but if you have the reasons to say, Hey, you're wrong. And this is why one, okay, good. You have the reasons, but two, be respectful about it. Okay. You know, say, Hey, look, I disagree with you because of these reasonings. And it open. that's once again, that opens that dialogue. Cause if you come out of the gate strong as hell, yeah, it shows your passion. Yeah. It shows you this, but it also shows maybe not so you're passionate and people don't take it that way. Yeah. So you need to, you need to go about it the most like a respectful way and understand that, you know, coaches are looking out the best for you. Um, so I would say for that, for that player, just realize that realize, you know, if I had a guy come up to me in regard to strength and conditioning and saying like, you know, Hey, I want to do this movement and you're not letting me, but I think I can. It's like, look, pump the brakes, relax. These are the reasons why you can't do it. You know, you need, that's, you need to kind of take that step back and realize the position that you're in. You know, you may think you're right and you may quite frankly be right, but there's something missing. There's a reason as to why things aren't going your way. And, and, you know, since we're talking about it, if you're the guy coming out saying, no, you're wrong and I'm right. And maybe you do play well on this and that. Maybe it's your attitude, bro. Like maybe, (laughs) maybe you need to check yourself, honestly, you know, and that, that, that happens, you know, you can be a great player, but you know, once again, going back to personalities and everything, it's, you know, you need to be a good, you know, open, honest person. You know, if you're kind of stuck up and that headstrong, it's kind of tough to work with. And a good presence on the team too, I think is a really yeah. overlooked thing. Like you could be a great player, you know, physically in the game, but if everyone in the locker room hates you and you know, you're this arrogant guy that's always, you know, cropping all over what everybody else is doing. I mean, most teams aren't going to want you, even if you are that standout guy, right? Because if you play well, but it's making everybody else miserable, then, you know, you're not really the guy that anybody wants in the locker room. But I really like what you said there about, um, you know, about having those conversations with the coaches and being able to kind of just, you know, sit back and take the feedback because, you know, as much as it's uncomfortable to hear, especially for any kid who wants to make it professionally, like you think it's not going to be uncomfortable to pull out your phone after a game playing in the major leagues and read those thousands of comments about, you know, that mistake you made or this or that that you did, but like you need to be able to hear it from the right people and sit with it and understand that, you know, you're not perfect, but here are the things you can do to get better. But also what you said about, you know, coming back, if you do disagree, it's all about how you disagree as well. I couldn't agree more. If you come out of the gate and it's no, 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 you have no idea what you're talking about. Well, that coach is not going to respond to that positively, but if you come out and you say, well, look, you know, I hear what you're saying, but I really feel, you know, A, B, C, and D, then they're actually going to sit down and have a conversation with you. Like coming from, you know, the strength and conditioning side, again, there's nothing I like more than a, than an athlete who wants to learn more and wants to understand and wants to have a discussion, you know, but if you're going to, again, like you said, if an athlete wants to do a certain movement and you say no, because, and you lay out the reasons and then they just kind of go off and bitch and moan about it that's, you know, that's not productive for anybody, but if they're asking you questions and they're trying to figure out, okay, what do you need to see from me in order to get me to that step? Man, that's awesome. That shows me you want to get better. You don't just already think you're great. Yeah. Yeah. And that it goes a very long way, you know, it, especially when I was working with the younger populations, um, even in uh, baseball, like when I was in the Dominican Republic, you know, 
there was young kids there, 17, 18 years old, their first pro experience. And they come down, they sit with me in the office and I want this. What do I need to do? And as coaches, we, we feed off of that, you know, like, yeah, do we have to go in extra early? Like, do we have to stay later? Like, yeah, like that's okay. That's maybe not ideal, but it's also like when, and coming from my personal experience, because, you know, I wanted it so bad that when a guy comes up to me and says, I want this, what can I do? Hey, here, I'm an open book. Use everything I can offer to you. And I think it's going to help. But even if it doesn't help, like, I will give you a hundred thousand percent of everything I know to help you. And I feed off of that, you know, and kind of goes back into the whole personality and just, just wanting it. It's just, I, I don't know for me, for me, that's the biggest thing, you know, cause I've also been on the flip side of that where you're pushing a guy, pushing a guy and you know, you can't want it more than they don't want it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a tough one, you know, but you have to work with them and, find that middle ground to keep progressing them. But when I got a guy, when I got a guy saying, Hey, I want your help. I want to be this. This is what I want to do. And is committed to it, you know, and shows up at four 30 in the morning at the weight room every day, you know, or stays after to do extra mobility work, cool down work to get ready for tomorrow. We feed off of that. Like that is, that is like the end goal. Like I just, I love that. So and for anybody listening, this is a professional coach that is saying this too. So that I, you know, I couldn't agree more. Like you said, you know, you might have to come in early or stay late or whatever it might be. And, you know, on the surface, that might not be ideal, but you know, I can <laughs> yeah. say, I can say from experience too, when I have a kid that I know wants it like that, and I'm working with an athlete that I know is willing to do anything they can do to make it to the next level it's not even a thought that crosses my mind of, Oh no, I've got to go in earlier. Oh no, I've got to stay an extra hour at the end of my day. Like if it's for that reason, man, I'll stay there all night. Like that's, you know, that's, that's why we love what we do is kids is athletes like that. Yeah. You feed off that energy, man. Like when I, like the one uh, particular athlete I'm talking about, like four 30 in the morning, four 30, this kid and 17 years old wakes up every day. Comes in, damn, what do I got to do? What do you think? Run him through it. He said, hey, what do you think about this? You know, this is the idea I had. Oh, okay, I think this. And it's just, you you feed off of that. Like, because you, it's not that you're just helping them. You're along for the ride with them. You know, especially as an affiliate strength coach, like, or just a strength coach in general in pro ball. Like, you, you're on the bus with them, going to all their games. You're with these guys 10, 12 hours a day, you know, or a good portion of the day. Yeah, you start building that relationship. You understand where they come from and why they're doing it. It's it, you get way more invested than just, Hey, here's the paper. Here's the exercises from, you know, the screens that we did. And this is what I think is going to help you accomplish this goal that you have. It's yeah. way more in depth, you know, and it's not, it's not that cut dry and simple. And it, it just, you know, when a guy really, really wants it for me, you know, it kind of, kind of hits deep because, you know, I was once that guy and that's why I got in this. Well, man. And I mean, I just want to like reiterate that one more time for the kids in the back who say they want it and say that, you know, this is the career they want. This is a 17 year old kid that shows up every day at four 30 in the morning. That's not waking up at four 30 in the morning. He is there at four 30 in the morning. So for the kids that say, you know, they don't have time to train, they don't have time to do this or that. 
you do. Everybody's got the same 24 hours. It's just going to completely depend on how much, how badly you want it and what you're willing to do. I exactly. love hearing stories of kids like that. That's, yeah. you know, that really shows the kind of kid that's going to be successful at this kind of level. Yeah. It also goes into, you know, back to what we said, the time management, like you said, everyone has the same 24 hours, right? It's also, Hey, like I'm grinding all day in school. And then after school, I'm grinding. I don't get home till 12 and I've got, you know, I can't get up at four. Like, okay, we get that. Yeah. You know, we understand that, but it's also like for that time, you know, say for four hours, you're not really doing much. You're wasting time. So it comes back down to time management. But like you said, everyone has the same 24 hours. It's just a matter of how you use it and how bad you want it. And that's the other thing. Like as I've gotten older and being in this field, you see through, excuse my language, you see through the bullshit of, yeah, yeah no, I really want it. It's like, you know, once again, you're late. Oh, you showed up this day. Oh, but you're a little late this day. It's like, like that one example I'm talking about with that one dude, he every day, consistently every day. And then that also allows us as a strength coach, you know, when he comes in or when I can tell he looks sluggish and tired, it's like, Hey bro, you know what? Let's alter something. Okay. Tomorrow get in, stay in, get some sleep. We'll go recovery day. You know, we'll tweak this, tweak that. And we'll get back on track, you know, cause it's a long season. You're gonna have bumps and bruises along the way and you gotta, you gotta, you know, bounce around that and figure it out to keep that yeah. guy going. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think too, you know, like we've said it a couple of times through the past hour and a bit is like there, you know, kids are also going to be kids. Like I fully understand that there are going to be kids who, you know, like if, especially for four thirty AM workouts are going to sleep through their alarm once or twice, like mistakes are going to happen. But I think the important thing to reiterate is, you know, those mistakes can happen, but you don't, make it a habit. You know, if you sleep through your alarm the one time, well, next time, maybe set a second alarm, make sure that you're getting up. It's like, if you really want it that badly, you don't have to be perfect every single day, but you're always trying to take that next step, get that one step better than you were before. Yeah. Yeah. That's your actions speak louder than words. That's what it comes down to. Um, you know, if I see that you're doing the right thing or you're trying, that's all I ask, honestly. You know, yeah, you, you may suck at a couple of things. <laughs> like you may not be good at this movement. You, you know, may struggle doing a couple bouts of conditioning, but as long as you try, you give me a hundred percent effort. You give me a hundred percent intent, your focus. That's all I ask. You know, I don't, I had, once again, I had another example with another player can barely do a push up, can barely honestly walk and chew gum. And it happens, you know? But somehow he, he can throw a baseball. It's unreal. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> That's, I'm perplexed on that. That's just baseball sometimes. But, yeah. you know, it's just – but the, they want it, and that's all I ask. Just try, give me 100%, and that's, that's all you can really do. And, and I don't think that's too much to ask for because, once again, that goes back to control what you can control. And that's yeah. 100% in your control. And the preparation, the preparation and the attitude, I think, are the – you know, the two that you can control more than anything. And if you focus your energy and your, you focus your energy there, well, then the results in the game speak for themselves. Like the kids who prepare and the kids who come every day wanting and willing to give everything they've got are the ones that, you know, it might not be today. It might not be tomorrow, but they are the ones who are going to push through and succeed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, and just speaking particularly to baseball, it's, it's a grind. It's a lot. As you get through the line, I mean, look at MLB, it's 162 games. Like, that is a long time. That's it, a lot. Travel, uh, outside stressors, environmental stress. Like, it's 
there's a lot that goes into it. So the quicker you can build that foundation and, you know, make those steps to be able to handle that in all those aspects, it's, it's unreal. But as long as you put yourself in a position to succeed, that's going to put you, that's going to set you apart from others who, once again, just talking to talk. Oh yeah. Man. I do this. That. Man. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't agree more. I think as much as it's a simple, you know, a simple concept to kind of end off on, I think that is really the biggest one that I hope anybody can take away from this interview is it's the actions more than the words. Like you can say anything you want to say, but if you're not actually walking the walk every day and backing it up, well, again, it might not be today. It might not be tomorrow, but the success you might be having right now is going to fall off if that's, if you're not actually walking the walk. Um, so just before we do wrap up, Dan, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to come on the show today. Like there's been so much good insight already. I feel like I could talk to you about this stuff all day, but is there anything you feel like we've missed anything you feel like we haven't really touched on as much as we maybe should have, or anything that you really hope that, you know, if kids can take anything away from this interview to apply to their own athletic career, you know, what would it be? I think we covered, honestly, we covered a lot of big talking points, oh, yeah. especially in those younger populations and getting on the right track. I think the only other thing I would throw in, um, is one use actually one will do from a strength conditioning perspective, you know, guys who want to start training. And the reason I say this is because I'm guilty of it. You know, I started training at like eighth grade and eighth grade. I got caught up in a numbers game. You know, how much do you bench? How much do you squat? Cause that's what happens. And I get Absolutely. it. But stay in your lane, know what's good for you or find out what's good for you. Don't get caught up in the numbers game. Yeah. You push yourself. We got to push yourself smart and do what's best for what you're looking to accomplish, which feeding off of that is understand basic movements, you know, squat, hip hinge, push, pull, um, rotational work, simple flexibility, mobility, and just getting on a regiment, you know, something very simple, start off simple, basic. There's still guys that I use basic stuff. I don't, and it's tough, like with technology nowadays and Instagram, you know, uh, like, yeah, there's some good stuff on it. Don't get me wrong. It gets yeah. a bad rap, but sometimes there's, there's some interesting stuff, which is actually, but you know, sometimes you, and then like, I think you said it earlier, but you know, the whole world and your exposure to everything is right at your fingertips. So maybe get caught up in that. Don't get caught up in the numbers game, focus on the basics and that will set you up further down the line for success. Um, whether it's in the weight room on the field, um, any other aspect of training, uh, or practice that you're looking to do. Um, that's my biggest thing. Cause I made that mistake. I made the mistake of jumping into the numbers and thinking it's cool. And look at me, I have five surgeries. I'm broken, you know? So, um, definitely understand that one. And then also it's use your resources. Don't be afraid to reach out to people. I wish back in when I was playing a numbers game, I reached cause I love training. I reached out to a strength coach or someone who was knowledgeable or that could help me and not just kind of stumble through it. Cause I don't think it's something you can stumble through. You can stumble through and figure out that you really like it. That's great. Yeah. But, but once you have that drive and want to do it, learn what you need to do, you know, reach out. Don't be hesitant to reach out. Yeah. Someone may not get back to you, but we will get back to you. You know? Yeah. So like if someone contacts me, you know, maybe I don't get back to you for a couple of days. I don't know but I will get back to you because we, I think 
I can speak collectively. I don't, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure we all are in the same position of we do this because we want to help. We Man, want absolutely. to put everyone in that position. So don't be afraid to reach out. Use your resources. If you don't have resources, research and find it out. Well, I was just going to say, like, and especially use your resources. Yeah, if you know somebody, awesome. Like, use that resource. But if you don't, like we just said, the entire world is accessible to you at your fingertips. Like, you can pick up your phone, find people, find strength coaches on Instagram. You can find them on LinkedIn. You can find them pretty much anywhere. And like you said, you know, it might not be right away, but most of them are there and will get back to you with, with questions. Exactly. And if you think it's out of reach, like when I was – coming up and trying to get into the field. I thought it was like maybe out of reach to contact major league strength coaches. And it's not like, yeah, some, you know, they're busy, like obviously, but they got back to me and they're more than willing to help, you know, and I'm sure the same was with any other field. So, you know, don't be afraid to send an email, take a chill, you know, make a phone call, something, you know, get the information that you need to get so you can set yourself up for success in your career. Man, I love that because I think, again, it just shows that deliberate practice of, you know, if this is something you really want, you've got to take anything and everything you can into your own control. But even just to add one extra little step onto that, when you're reaching out to, you know, these major league strength coaches or anybody else you're finding that could be a good resource, don't give up. Because if you do reach out to one, two, 10, 20, and don't get any answers, I'd be surprised if you don't get any by the time you've reached out to 20. But there will be one who's going to get back to you. And so if you give up after not getting an answer from the first two or three people, well, you're going to miss out on a great resource. You never know. It could be the fourth one, fifth one, sixth one that you reach out to that gives you incredible information that sets you right up. Yeah. And that's for all aspects. Like, you know, I bring it back to strength and condition because that's what I do, but of course. you know, even like sport coaches or anyone that you want to learn from, or you think that can help you reach out, don't find that resource, use it and, you know, grow off of that. Well, and like one thing I know I've told to a couple of hockey players that I work with right now that are, you know, the midget age trying to move into junior hockey, you know, I've told them, I was like, find those coaches, find the coaches that are at the level that you're hoping to be at next year and say, Hey, look, I play, you know, midget AAA here in Calgary right now. I really want to be in the WHL next season. What do you need to see from me? What's going to, what's going to allow me to make that jump? And, you know, first that's going to put some eyes on you because if that coach reads that message, then they see, Hmm, this kid really wants it. Well, they're going to come looking, they're going to come to your games. They're going to send somebody to your games to take a look at you. But also, even if they don't end up taking you, you're just giving yourself more information on what you need to do to make that jump so that somebody else, some another scout that's coming to one of your games says, wow, that kid's really improved this year. We should give him a shot. Yeah. Yeah. The more exposure you can get is, you know, great. In baseball, it was doing showcases and going play in front of colleges. I can't tell you how many of those, you know, multi-college coaches come into one event, how many things I've done with that and sending videos. And you have to, you have to take it in, your career into your own hands in regards to that. So I absolutely love that, man. And again, I can't thank you enough for, you know, all the time today. I think there's really been some, you know, some great insights into these younger populations being able to build, create and control their own careers. So I thank you so much for that. And if anybody's looking to get in touch with you, whether it's a question from something they heard here today or, 
you know, just about yourself and your work in general, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah. Um, well, first, thank you for having me. This was awesome. This was, you know, I think we, we've covered a lot of good topics for your viewers to really, you know, take in, figure out what they want to do moving forward and come up with a plan. Um, and to contact me, um, pretty sure you're probably listed after this, uh, yeah. but Instagram, it's just Dan Donio, D-A-N-D-O-N-O-H-U-A. Um, it's personal. It's not a business one. So you'll see a lot of like, um, I fish a lot. So it's a lot of fishing pictures <laughs> before I get judged on that one. But, uh, you know, so you can hit me up on Instagram. That's cool. I, I, uh, comes right to my phone. So I'm pretty accessible that way or my email, which will be listed after, um, when you send me an email, if you send me an email, just make sure the subject title, cause I get a lot. So make sure the subject title is something that sticks out. If you have to add exclamation points or stars or something, you know, I'm cool with that. I don't, it's Urgent. just nine one one. Yeah. Yeah. Just get, get my attention. Um, is this way. I don't think it's like, you know, some, someone trying to sell me stuff. I don't know, but yeah, just get my attention. I'm okay with it. Um, and whatever you got to ask. And then from there we can move forward if you want to hop on a phone call or something. So. Fantastic. Well, Dan, thank you so much again. I really appreciate the time and anybody else out there listening. This has been the elite development podcast with Dan Donahue and Kenny Dusso. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I would greatly appreciate if you subscribed and left a review for the show. As well, I would love to hear what your biggest takeaways were from the episode. My contact info is linked below. Send me a message and let me know what you thought. As always, I'm your host, Kenny Dusso. Thank you again and see you next time.